How can we as healthcare practitioners move from just providing disease management to providing true healthcare? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast that helps you grow your practice and expand your skills as a practitioner. I'm Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast for wellness-minded people and professionals who are passionate about transforming our broken, disease-focused system. I'm Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo, and I passionately believe that most diseases and dysfunctions can be reversed or prevented through proper attention to diet and lifestyle factors and appropriate replenishment of nutrients that are out of balance. And I think that people can go from living a life of disease and dysfunction to living their best life ever. Today's episode, we're going to talk about some of the serious mistakes that doctors make in working with people with thyroid dysfunction or symptoms of thyroid dysfunction. In medical school, doctors are taught that if somebody comes in with dry skin, constipation, high cholesterol, depression, and exhaustion and inability to lose weight, which are clear signs of thyroid dysfunction, that just check their TSH. So here's what happens. We test their TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, right? Pituitary hormone. It's going to go up if the pituitary is talking to the thyroid and saying, produce more, produce more, but the levels don't go up. So they test TSH and a good percentage of the time, it comes back normal or what is considered medically normal, which is not necessarily ideal. So on some of the labs, they consider anything from 0.5 to 4.5 or even 5 to be a normal TSH. In functional medicine circles, we more consider a tighter range, which is more like, I don't know, 1 to 3 or even like now the endocrinology society is looking and saying maybe 2.5 should be the upper limit of a healthy TSH. So they test the TSH regardless, whether it's three or five or 4.5 or 2.75, and they find it to be quote unquote normal. Then the person is told, well, all those symptoms you had were thyroid related symptoms, but you don't have a thyroid problem. You have some other problem we don't know. So let's approach, let's give you a medication for your depression. Let's give you a medication for your constipation. Let's have you put on some lotion for your dry skin and let's put you on statins to lower your cholesterol. What's wrong with this picture? Number one, if it looks like a thyroid and it sounds like a thyroid, it's probably a thyroid issue, but not necessarily a problem with the gland and not necessarily something that's going to manifest with an elevated TSH. So let me talk about that a couple of ways. So TSH is not the ultimate test for thyroid function because it can be quote unquote wrong. It can be elevated or low and the thyroid symptoms are still there. So here's the thing, whatever's in the blood is not necessarily the best indication of thyroid function, right? You can have all the hormones in the blood can look good, even if we did a full thyroid panel and they can all look good, but the person still has symptoms of thyroid dysfunction because the thyroid hormones 
are not getting where they need to in the cell and stimulating metabolism in the way that they're supposed to. So these are the problems with just testing TSH. So we know that. And a lot of functional doctors are like, yeah, 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 we don't just test TSH. But in medical school, they're told test TSH. If it's elevated, then test T4. And if the T4 is low, then put the person on T4. Big problem with that approach as well, because the person may have any number of thyroid dysfunctions, right? So what's happening is the doctor's second mistake is when they see a person with obvious thyroid signs and they've tested TSH, they don't say, huh, maybe the test is wrong. They say, oh, you're wrong. They're just ignoring the person's symptoms. Meanwhile, a lot of people are really educated right now, right? There's a lot of summits and podcasts and blog posts, and people are educating themselves. They're going, this sounds like thyroid problems, right? So we can't overlook that. As clinicians, we have to be able to look at how is this person presenting? What does it look like is out of balance? And if the test that we know or we've been taught doesn't work, what other things can we look at? So let's look at a comprehensive thyroid panel. That's not taught in medical school, but it is taught in a lot of naturopathic schools, right? And a lot of functional medicine training programs. We teach a complete thyroid panel in our nutritional endocrinology program because you can't just rely on TSH. So we test a complete panel. So what does that include? I personally am a big fan of TSH plus total T3, which is the amount the thyroid is actually producing plus free T4, which is the amount of T4 that's available to be converted into T3, which is the active form that enters the cells. 90% of it is the T3. The T4 is kind of an inactive form. It has some function, but not a lot. So what we do is we look at the amount the thyroid's making, total T4, the free T4, which has to do with how much is bound or unbound to the protein, the thyroglobulin protein. That can be affected by a lot of things. Estrogen levels, testosterone levels, right? Too much estrogen, like in birth control pills, hormone replacement therapy, can actually cause more of that thyroid binding globulin to latch on to the thyroid hormone and make it unavailable to the cells. So we effectively have a hypothyroid presentation. Too much testosterone, just the opposite, it makes that thyroid globulin lower, right? And then there's less available. And so we have more free thyroid hormones and we may see a hyperthyroid situation, right? So we have to look at all these tests. We have to look at free T3. So we look at free T4 and free T3 and we look at the ratio between them. How much of that T4 is being converted to the active form T3? And if we have a lot of free T4, but not a lot of T3, then we're like, okay, there's a problem in that conversion. And we need to address that with people. And the good news about it is most of the factors that cause a decreased conversion are things we can counsel people. We can, most of the things that cause a decrease in that conversion are things that people can control. We can empower people to take charge. So let me give you a few of those. One is low levels of selenium, right? Selenium is depleted in a lot of soils. So we can educate people to either 
eat foods that are high in selenium. Brazil nuts come to mind. They can eat Brazil nuts. There's others. We look up what foods are higher in selenium, get them to eat a balance of that. We get them to do a chronometer or some other kind of food diary where they can see where they're getting selenium and we can educate them about where to get more. Um, it could be magnesium. Most people are depleted. The soils are depleted. Most people aren't eating high magnesium foods. And we can teach people to supplement with those. But the other thing that causes a problem with that conversion from T4 to T3, there's an enzyme called deiodinase. There's 5-prime deiodinase, 5-deiodinase. And when we have either not enough or too much cortisol in the system, that deiodinase enzyme doesn't work real well. Right, So we're not doing the conversion, and instead of converting T4 into T3, we're converting the T4 into reverse T3. And if you think about T3 as the accelerator, right, it makes people's metabolism run faster. Reverse T3 is the brakes. It makes it work slower, right? So we want to look at that conversion. Also, if you do genetic testing, there's a deiodinase genetic SNP that I've seen in a lot of people that when they have that SNP and they have lifestyle factors that cause that SNP to be expressed, they're going to not have that efficient. We're going to have to really help them to push that conversion. But we also have to look at why might that be slow? Is it because there's a nutrient deficiency? Is it because the person's under stress and we can do things to help them manage their stress? But Is it because there's some hidden infection somewhere or some other reason the body in its wisdom is saying, slow it down, right? If there's some mitochondrial dysfunction, if there's toxic exposure. So it's not so simple to figure out how to help somebody with thyroid dysfunction because there's so many little pieces and these are overlooked and these mistakes cause people to get put on medications that aren't working. And unnecessary medications when we're addressing all the other symptoms rather than addressing the thyroid dysfunction. And rather than addressing that there's a thyroid cellular dysfunction, that the thyroid gland can be perfectly fine. It's producing plenty of that T4 like it's supposed to, and it produces a little bit of T3. But the rest of the body is out of balance. So for example, that deiodinase enzyme, that conversion from T4 to T3, Most of it doesn't happen in the thyroid. Small amount does. Most of it happens elsewhere. About 75% are between the liver and the gut. Some say 50% liver, 25% gut, but liver and gut. How many patients do you know whose liver and guts are out of balance, right? It's common because of the food supply. It's common because of the toxic exposures. So we really need to look at helping people to detoxify. So, so far, We've looked at, hey, we're trying to solve this person's thyroid problem. Mistakes made are we're not looking at the right testing. We're not looking at helping them manage their emotions, right? Their their response to stress. And we live in a stressful environment, face it. And we're not looking at their toxic exposures and helping them to reduce and mitigate the effects of those toxic exposures. We're not looking at infections. We're not looking at gut microbiome. Super important to get the gut microbiome in balance in order to help that conversion happen, in order to help the thyroid function on a cellular level to be appropriate. So see this? So full test, just to review, TSH, total T4, free T4, free T3. But the other 
other thing is antibodies. Most doctors don't know what to do differently if a person has antibodies to the thyroid. So TPO, thyroid peroxidase, ATT, antithyroglobulin or ATG, we need to test those things because there's an autoimmune process that's causing the thyroid to not function properly. Most doctors don't test that because they don't know what to do differently. Most people who do have those tests done are still just put on synthetic T4. Some doctors are more aware, functional, they're giving people T4 and T3, which can be very helpful in a lot of cases, but we really need to go deeper. And that's a great temporary fix, but we have to go deeper and really go to the root cause and really fix the underlying root cause. And that's going to involve education, lifestyle changes, and nutrients, replenishment of nutrients. Our food supply is pretty depleted, even if you're eating whole fresh foods, and the most people aren't, right? So we really need to dig when we're working with somebody with thyroid. It's not just a matter of let's just give them a thyroid support supplement that has glandulars or whatever in it. That's just still a symptom approach, right? So there's so many things about this. I really want you to take this to heart. I want you to look at your patient population, your client population, and look at them differently. Say, that person I think does have a thyroid problem. I'm not going to just ignore it. The last one I want to look at is they don't think about receptors. The receptors getting that thyroid into the cell, into the nucleus of the cell, where it's going to take action. And there's a lot of things that interfere with the ability of the cells to receive. All the other tests could be normal. No antibodies, T4 to T3 ratios are good, TSH is good, T4, all those numbers are good, but they still have all the thyroid symptoms. Are you going to send them away as a hypochondriac? Are you going to give them five medications? No, you want to go deeper. We want to find out, are those hormones getting into the cell? And then once they're in the cell, are they working properly? So things that interfere that you want to look at are homocysteine, high levels. I see high homocysteine in a gazillion people all the time. And we want it to be, you know, up to the round seven would be ideal. Too low is not good. It, it indicates undermethylation, but too high, not good. And I see people all the time that are at nine, they're told it's perfectly fine. That's affecting their thyroid because it damages the receptors and the receptors ability to take the hormones into the cells. And then vitamin A, vitamin A, those receptors, that transport mechanism is a retinol dependent process. So vitamin A is super important. And we don't look at vitamin A a lot. And you can look at vitamin A from a measurement standpoint, but also from other symptoms, right? Do they have mucous membrane symptoms? Do they have lung symptoms? Do they have vaginal symptoms, urinary tract symptoms, right? Is their immune system dysfunctional? Do they get every virus that's coming along, right? So do they have vitamin A problems? And so that's another thing that can be done to help improve the mechanisms and the receptors. And then going back to toxins, the toxins affect the receptors and the stress. So too high or too low levels of cortisol, especially too high, because too high produces cytokines, inflammatory chemicals that affect the way that the thyroid receptors receive the hormones and get it into the right place. So if we're feeling under stress, we're feeling unthreatened, 
we have toxic exposures, those are all going to affect the mechanisms of the thyroid. So in conclusion, everything is multivectorial, right? There's no one size fits all. There's no magic bullet. And when you look at like, oh, prescription, there's a problem with this. What medication do I use? And a lot of docs who go from to a more functional approach think, oh, let's just take that magic bullet approach and what supplement or what herb do I need? We have to look at all of these factors. We have to educate people. And that's the hardest part of our job is because people want the magic bullet. They want the easy approach. And we owe it to them to teach them that it doesn't work that way. That's not how their bodies work. And they will thank you for it because suddenly they get their lives back. Suddenly when they get their thyroid fixed, their cholesterol and lipid problems that resolve themselves, their blood sugar problems can resolve. And the other thing is blood sugar affects the thyroid as well. So if somebody has insulin resistance, very likely they're going to have thyroid resistance. So we have to address that. We have to address blood sugar. We have to address the gut. We have to address all of the lifestyle factors to help people get their thyroid back in balance. We put together a really nice little booklet for you if you want to download it, if you haven't already, and it's at reinventhealthcare.com forward slash thyroid and use it. Use the charts in there. Uh, use the testing links. All the lists of all the tests I mentioned today are listed in that document. So download it, use it in your practice, truly make it a point to help these people with thyroid symptoms to find the root cause and get well. There's several other podcast episodes on thyroid. Go ahead and listen to them. Hear different doctors' perspectives on those. Hear my, other, my perspectives on those. And take it upon yourself to really be dedicated to helping these people get the right diet, the right lifestyle, and the right approach to healing their thyroid and other hormonal imbalances. Go to reinventhealthcare.com forward slash thyroid to get the thyroid book. Go to inemethod.com to learn more about the other ways that we can support you. And there's some links on the show notes page to understand the thyroid more thoroughly. And until next time, shine on. Thanks for listening to Reinvent Healthcare. We are part of the movement to change healthcare for the better. If you liked this episode, leave a rating and a review. And for more resources to support you in growing a thriving and fulfilling practice, visit our website at inemethod.com.